You're listening to the Domecast, where news and observer journalists take a look back and forward in North Carolina politics. Hi there, and welcome to the Domecast. This is Jordan Schrader of the News and Observer, uh, coming to you live from inside the bowels of the legislative building. Okay, we're not really live, but we're pretty close to it this week. Uh, We're uh, here on the last day, or possibly the second to last day, of the legislative, the short legislative session. And instead of our usual roundtable, we uh, are here uh, with uh, an abbreviated crew. Uh, of uh, Colin Campbell, Lynn Bonner, and Craig Jarvis. And uh, they have been running from committee meeting to uh, floor to committee to uh, all over the place today, uh, trying to figure out what's going on as the legislature enters its final hours of the year. Uh, I wanted to find out what what you guys are seeing as we um, wind down. First of all, uh, what's the thinking about when they will uh, be out of here and when can we all go home? Uh, well, this is Craig. Uh, it's about quarter to eight right now on a <clears throat> on Friday night. And uh, I'd like to think it's going to be tonight. I think it'll be tonight. It could be eh, wrong. Oh, <laughs> go ahead. Lynn. I think it's going to be tomorrow. Um, I don't think they can do everything they want to do and uh, and get out of here tonight. I'm th- this is Colin, and I'm thinking maybe tonight. Uh, and the reason I think that is because I think the Senate may take its ball and go home. Um, Senate Leader Phil Berger was MIA uh, earlier in the session. So, uh, his second command, Tom Apodaca, just had his uh, Asheville redistricting bill defeated in kind of a surprise move in the House, which was part of some sort of uh, negotiations between the two chambers. So I suspect the Senate is, uh, is done with this place, and when they come back at 9, they're going to be in and out fairly quickly. Well, by the time you hear this, uh, listeners, you'll be laughing at us one way or another because the that uh, that question will have been decided. Uh, but what are you guys watching in the final uh, hours and possibly days uh, of the 2016 uh, short session? I'm watching closely on House Bill 2, the um, long-awaited draft uh, that uh, they were floating around earlier this week that included a gender reassignment card. If you've had uh, gender reassignment surgery and want to go to a different bathroom, that's all gone. Uh, They've evidently not been able to reach any sort of agreement on on doing that. So now the only thing that they're going to consider is basically what Governor Pat McCrory has been asking for all along is this uh, change in this lawsuit provision that uh, under HB2 you can't sue uh, for employment discrimination in state courts. Uh, They want to restore that. The word is that both the House and the Senate have agreed that they're willing to do that, uh, but the provision has still yet to surface. We thought it was going to show up in a technical corrections bill uh, that went through the House Rules Committee a few minutes ago. We were told uh, that that was not going to happen. Uh, The rules chairman, David Lewis, says he's not sure where it's going to show up and at what point it's going to show up, but we're thinking that should appear sometime tonight uh, in some form, and that may be the last word we hear for a while as far as any sort of action on House Bill 2. So do we think that uh, uh, some kind of an omnibus revision of HB2 was ever a real thing? There was this draft that was out there floating around that was reported on. Uh, did something blow up an agreement or was there never any agreement? Uh, what, what, what do you think happened? Uh, is there any word about that today? 
So that's the the big question is, uh, you know, these drafts were never sort of officially blessed by any leadership as being what they were going to consider. But enough of them were coming from enough different places that we had a pretty good sense of the framework of what uh, was being discussed behind closed doors. And so there was a caucus meeting earlier this week with Governor Pat McCrory. He later had a bunch of Senate Democrats and I think a couple House members over to the governor's mansion to uh, talk about something, some sort of compromise. So the best sense we get is that um, there weren't enough Republican votes to do this on their own. Well, at least in terms of what they wanted to do, because too many Republicans felt like it was going back on House Bill 2 and that that would make them look like they were backing down on this uh, very controversial, very internationally known law. Uh, so they needed Democrats, and they couldn't get enough Democrats to go along with it in order to get a majority. So they had to essentially go back to square one and figure out something everyone could agree to, which is basically this lawsuit provision, which most everyone seems to agree, yeah, you should be able to sue in state court if you are discriminated against or lose your job or anything like that. And will getting rid of the state court lawsuit provision have any effect on anybody who was thinking about um, not coming to North Carolina because of this law or uh, suing or, uh, I mean, will this do anything? Quick answer, nope. Um, There is going to be uh, we, we already heard from the NBA that they still have the same concerns. I mean, all the concerns about HB2 were about LGBT issues, and those will all still be uh, on the books uh, regardless of what happens with this one provision. So I think you're still going to see the same sort of issues uh, you saw and, and would see had they done nothing. Um, and so this will probably continue to be election year issue for, for months to come. So the, uh, uh, the session is ending with some rancor and some debate and uh, some good debates uh, and feisty ones. Uh, Lynn, what were you watching today? Well, today was a big day for uh, legislative truth-telling. I mean, we know that leaders get things that they want that some other people don't, and that there's like some retribution in trading. If you don't do my bill, I won't do yours. People said that explicitly today uh, a couple of times. Um, the first time was really early this morning uh, in finance where a senator wanted to uh, – rearrange how the money is spent on a local occupancy tax. It's uh, It was Harry Brown, who was the lead uh, budget writer in the Senate. Um, and there were some people in the House who were saying, hey, this is against our rules. We don't want to do it. Uh, Julia Howard, a uh, uh, House member, trying to kind of took the lead there, saying, well, I know there's been a deal done uh, with the boys in the, in the corner room, and um, – I know you're here because uh, you have the power to intimidate. Um, eventually, uh, and uh, Harry Brown said, well, yeah, uh, he said at one point, well, maybe uh, we won't let your occupancy bills through the Senate if you don't let mine through. And they talked openly about rep- retribution. Uh, and uh, toward the end, that uh, bill failed in, in House finance. Uh, and later in the day, we saw a bill fail that um, on Asheville redistricting that Senator uh, Apodaca, the rules chairman, wanted. So uh, it's been a – if it were sports, it would be a day of upsets. Um, at least on the House side. So uh, that is something that might, uh, as Colin said, uh, trigger the uh, the Senate to uh, decide that they're, they're done. How unusual is it for a bill to fail on the floor? Does that happen from time to time? It happens from time to time, but it's, it's rare um, because usually by the time they get something to the floor, they know how many votes they have. Well, uh, Craig, what have you been following uh, today and uh, I guess this week, too? This was a big week for uh, uh, the the conclusion of the coal ash saga. Uh, what have you been watching? 
Well, yeah, we watched Cole Ash finally move forward and move on, and I think that uh, everybody was glad to see that happen. Some degree of partisan uh, cooperation, uh, which is on its way to the uh, governor, who'll probably sign it this weekend or early next week or tonight. Um, so, you know, so that was good. Uh, kind of related to that in the environmental realm, there's, as there have been for the last several years, various versions of regulatory reform bills out there. And the House has some ideas, the Senate, eventually they kind of put them together and come up with something. So I guess a measure of uh, how things aren't working that well, that this session, the, right, the conference committee put together to look at basically five bills uh, and find out what the areas they could all agree on didn't get anywhere all day yesterday. I'm told they met somewhere between one till un, until one thirty, two thirty this morning, and and we're just not able to make any progress. And finally, at the end of the day, this was all kind of working the hallways, hearing things. You know, and this wasn't done in open. But finally, later this e- or earlier this evening, uh, in the open floor session at the Senate, um, it was announced that Berger was reapp- reappointing all new members to his conference committee. T- taking out the people who couldn't get the job done and bringing in some kind of fairly tough-nosed guys, uh, Tucker, uh, Apodaca, and uh, uh, Rucho. <laughs> so uh, I-, I think the message there was we're going to knock some heads and either get this done or not get it done. But maybe this will be the first year since Republicans took over where they don't have a reg reform bill. All right. Well, we have a lot more to talk about, uh, but I think we're going to save it for uh, a more full edition of the the Domecast. There was a, uh, of course, a state budget that uh, finally passed this week. Uh, there was uh, a body cams bill that's made its way uh, to the governor's desk, including some last minute uh, additions. Uh, kind of interesting on needle exchange. Uh, we had a, a number of things coming through in the in the final hours of the session, uh, and we'll talk about that all uh, when we're uh, all uh, finally getting breathing room, uh, and the session is finally over, which will uh, um, we hope be early next week. Today? I hope so because I got a good headliner. Uh, oh, I don't know. Are we doing headliner of the week now? Can we get a preview of who headliners of the week might be? Okay, I'm an, my headline. My headliner is the Fubar meter, because that's the only thing that's made clear progress today. Yeah, the Fubar meter went from about what seven to about eight point no, five. Five point five, and now it's is it now above eight? It's at ten now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the the Fubar the Fubar meter. We probably do not need to spell out the uh, what it Fubar stands for. But the Fubar meter is a very technical uh, device that is uh, kept in the press room. Uh, it's a uh, what is it? A wooden uh, board, wooden <laughs> with a stick on it to uh, to explain just how much chaos there's is at the legislative uh, uh, building. And it's a it's a um, longtime tradition uh, of, of the press corps. To, to move that up and down as things get uh, more and more uh, chaotic. Uh, but yes, the food bar meter is, I think, at least at 10 right now, which, which is an indication of uh, what reporters uh, think of, uh, of the session as we wind into the, into the night. Uh, so that's, that'll be one possibility for Headliner of the Week. You'll have to uh, come back to us and listen to our, our full edition to see what the other options are and uh, who gets picked for Headliner of the Week. Uh, are we good? We, anything else we need to say before we sign off? Uh, all right, we're out. Uh, thanks a lot for listening, and catch us early next week on a full edition of the Domecast. 
You've been listening to the Domecast, a production of the News and Observer and the Insider State Government News Service. You can keep up with the conversation by reading Under the Dome in the daily print edition or online at newsobserver.com. The Insider is found online at ncinsider.com.